Welcome to another inspirational message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more information and great content, jump over to our website at elamchurchchristchurchcity.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Can I ask you a question though this morning, whether you're a father or whether you're not, can I ask you this question, have you ever been tempted uh, in the area of always upgrading to the next and better thing, usually the more expensive thing? For me, if I'm honest, uh, I have this temptation in the area of my woodworking tools. As you can see around me, I love woodworking, love woodworking here in the garage and um, I have this temptation in my life to always want just that extra tool. You know, I've got a sanding block, I've got sandpaper, I've got a mouse sander, I've got a belt sander, but there's something in my, the back of my mind, and I've got some blokes amening right now. There's something on my mind that says, Pete, you need an orbital sander. You need an orbital sander. I want to say, if you're sitting next to a guy right now who's always telling you he needs an orbital sander or a new drill or something like that, give him a poke in the ribs and say, you don't need it because simple is powerful. Simple is is powerful. Often we fall into the trap, tell me I'm right church, uh, about going after the expensive, the complicated, the specialist things in life while ignoring the power of simple things. In fact, right now at the at the beginning of this message, would you pop into the chat as if you were talking to somebody around you? Simple is powerful. Put it in the chat. Simple is powerful. In many sports like golf, like cycling or, or running, companies try and sell you products that they tell you that they promise you are going to increase your performance. But let me tell you how many of you know that more practice will, <laughs> will probably do the same thing and it will be free. Uh, yeah, simple is powerful. Simple is powerful. It's Father's Day and I want to encourage you today with some simple and practical things that God has given us as men, as women, as leaders, as, as people going after Him. Simple and powerful tools. And I want to show you some of my favorite, most useful tools in my workshop this morning. It's probably going to disappoint you. Uh, this first one, my builder's pencil. A really powerful tool. This thing, regular pencils, they don't cut it. You need a builder's pencil. It's a simple and powerful tool. The second probably most useful tool that I have is my chiseling hammer. There you go. It's just a little hammer and some people might say, oh, that's too small, but it is exactly the right weight for getting those fine cuts when you're using a chisel. Also, uh, I have here Drill, tiny little drill bits that fit into the end of a um, screwdriver that are all different shapes and sizes. Come on, they might look small and they might look simple, but I tell you what, have you ever been stuck without the exact one that you need? You can turn your workshop upside down to find it because you need that exact piece of metal. It's simple and powerful. The problem is in life, we're naturally drawn to the complicated, the expensive, the grandiose, but we miss the power of simple things. This is what it says. I love this scripture. I want to share this with you this morning. I love this scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. I don't mean any offense by this. The Apostle Paul probably did, but I don't. This is what it says. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. 
Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many uh, were of noble birth. It says, but God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, the things that everybody else might ignore, the people that everybody else might ignore. God chose those things to shame the wise. goes on to say, God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. It's the simple things. It's the simple things that we all know. But I want to remind you of three simple truths that I absolutely believe that if we embrace these, we sow them into our lives, we'll leave a lasting legacy. The first simple truth, but powerful truth that I believe God would encourage us in is one, we need to be people who model faith, who model faith. If, we all, if all we communicate to the people around us is a uh, passionate faith and trust in the goodness of God, if that is the only thing that we communicate, then we have left a powerful legacy. If all it is that we communicate that, that we have an audacious faith that plans for and expects breakthrough, then we have left a powerful legacy. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 puts it like this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. Notice the word doesn't say trust in the Lord, but also hedge your bets in your own strength so that either way someone's going to pull you through. It simply says trust in God with everything you have. I want to tell you this morning that when you find yourself in a time of need, whether it's emotional need or, or, or a need for strength or a need for healing or a need for finance, choosing to put all your eggs in the basket of prayer, choosing to pray when you're in a time of need may seem naive. It might seem overly simple. It might seem uh, like it's not actually going to work. But tell, tell me, I want to tell you this that you are leaving a foundation of faith. People are looking at you to see what faith looks like in a time of trial, and you are modeling faith to your children, to your grandchildren, to all to, to your neighbors, to the people in your school class. You are modeling what it means to have radical trust in God, to model faith. This word gets me excited from 11, uh, Hebrews 11 verse 33. You've got to get this. Talking about people who change the world through faith. In verse 33 it says, who through faith, people whom through faith. In fact, right now put into the chat, through faith. If you're sitting on the couch next to somebody, say it was through faith. Turn to the person next to you and say it was through faith. It was through faith they conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised. If all we do in life, church, is to model simple, radical, passionate faith that God is good, that his, uh, his heart is to provide, that he will be always with us, that he sees us, that he loves us. If all we do is ra uh, model radical faith in those things, then my friend, you have left a powerful legacy. The truth is God has used the simple things of this world 
to shame the wise. And right now, in this moment, it's Father's Day, and so I really feel to honour my own father. I want to honour my father-in-law. I want to honour my grandfathers and my uh, wife Sarah's grandfathers because they modelled for me and my generation and also through us to our children. They modelled what it means to have radical, passionate trust in God. They trusted in the goodness of God, that he would do all that was promised. They left a foundation of faith in my life. And I could tell you story after story after story of the way God broke through in their life. They left a legacy of of faith. They modeled faith for me. And I honor you for that. The second uh, and simple and powerful thing that I want to encourage you in on your Sunday morning this morning is not only to model faith, but it is also to model grace, to model grace. There is something so significant and powerful when people experience grace from somebody else. It's contagious and it's inspirational. It's grace's favor that you do not deserve and it changes you. It changes you for the better. Ephesians 4 verse 32 talks about showing grace to other people in this way, that we are to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. One thing that, that we've, Sarah and I have been trying to do in our family is to model grace so that we might create a culture of grace. We want our, in our family, but we also want in every area we serve in, at church, in our workplaces, in our extended family, we want to have a culture of grace where people forgive each other and embrace each other's weak, weaker points. Wherever you go, whether it's in the workplace, in your friendships, in families, whether in partners, the truth is you have to have hard conversations. You have to have uh, conflict and hard conversations where you resolve that conflict. But can I challenge you this? What freedom can you impart when after the tough conversation, you leave immediate forgiveness, you leave grace, you give somebody a fresh start, or as the uh, uh, Paul in Ephesians puts it, that, that you are kind and compassionate, forgiving each other. Do you know, uh, I was thinking for this message, and I was thinking that the choice to model grace in our lives is kind of like the square drill bit here. I've got this little, tiny little piece of metal. And, uh, you know, somebody might look at this in the light of all these other bigger machines in this workshop. And they might say, Pete, that is just a tiny little piece of metal. It is weak and it is small. But I want to tell you there is absolutely no substitute for this kind of thing. I'm telling you that if you lost the square drive drill bit, you would become like the good shepherd and you would leave the 99 drill bits and you would go out to try and find the one because there is absolutely no replacement for this thing. Believe me, I have tried. I have tried so many times it's embarrassing to try and fake one of uh, fake this because I didn't have it because I'd lost it. It is absolutely irreplaceable. There is no other drill bit in my, con- in my collection that is going to be able to get this thing out. I've tried so often and it has not worked. I want to tell you, church, that in our families, in our workplaces, in our, in, in our lives, there is no replacement for grace. 
There is absolutely no replacement. You can try as hard as you can to fake it, but it simply will not cut it. There is nothing that can replace grace. There is uh, no clever arguments can diminish it. Expensive holidays are not a substitute for it in our families. There is absolutely nothing that can take its place. We as, uh, as leaders in the home we're, or, or, or wherever we are, uh, whether it's in the home or in our workplaces, we need to be people who model grace. Distraction can draw us away from what really matters. Uh, but today, right now on Father's Day for our fathers, but also for everybody else, I want to encourage you to model faith in your life, to commit to modeling grace in your life, and finally to model love. Love is another one of those simple tools that the world might sweep aside and push to the edges as being uh, not relevant or maybe just a nice additional extra. But I want to tell you, love is absolutely key. This is what it says in John 4 verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. You know, we live in a world that talks about love as being kind of secondary to human achievement. We might say something to a young couple like, sure, loving each other is fine, but that's not going to put money in the bank or food on the table. We say things like that. And what we really mean is that human achievement is actually a higher up on our priority list than the essence of love. But tell, I want to tell you, church, the word of God says different. It says that love is a godly attribute. It says that everybody who is driven by love leaves something of God in the pe- people whom they relate to out of love. It says that everybody who loves with a pure heart can only do so because they know God. Love is absolutely key. It goes on to say this in, in verse 9 of that, of that chapter. 1 John 4 verse 9 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. To continue to borrow the building analogy, you might say that when God went to his toolbox, faced with with, uh, the task of redeeming your life, of redeeming my life, of redeeming the community of Christchurch and the world, the tool that he chose was love. For me, in my life, I love reading. And because of my role in the local church, I love reading about leaders and, uh, and stories of great leaders. But I need to always remember that it was not sharp uh, leadership lessons that changed the world, that it was not strategic business strategies that changed the world, or corporate leadership structures that changed the world. As much as those things can be helpful, Jesus showed us that love changes the world. Love changed the world. Jesus led by love. Many might disregard love as weak as ineffective, perhaps insignificant, or at least something we keep on the fringes uh, of our lives. But it was love that changed the world. And 2,000 years on, we are still celebrating the love of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who died on the cross, who looked weak and insignificant in that moment, but in that moment conquered death and the grave and came out firing three days later because love really, truly does change the world. It might be simple, 
and people might put it to one side as saying weak, but love changes things. Come on, that word says this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. As we conclude this morning, I want to tell you that you don't have to be smart enough to help your kids with their algebra homework. You can just pour out love, love, love and watch them soar because it's love. It's the simple things that change lives. I want to tell you this morning, you don't have to have a leadership role in your workplace to change it. But by showing grace consistently, day after day, you can watch the culture of your workplace shift in the name of Jesus, little by little. You don't have to write a book or become an expert in your field to leave a legacy. But if you commit to radical faith and trust in God, you are modeling for those people closest to you what it means to trust God in our daily life. It is the simple things. It is the simple tools in this workshop and is the simple truths of, uh, given to us by God that change the world. As we conclude, I want to leave you with this thought. You know, historians believe that around 3500 BC, wheeled vehicles were invented. Now, for most of us who, who, who we might drive modern cars or fancy cars, and, and cars these days are run by computers, so we might not be overly impressed with the simplicity of two round pieces of wood connected by an axle. But that simple invention absolutely changed society. Uh, because at that same time, people were able to uh, domesticate horses. And so with the wheel, they could now have a horse and cart. So now, instead of being able to be restricted by how fast you, far you could safely walk in a day between communities and how much you could carry on your own back, now you had a machine which allowed trade routes to develop between communities because travel was now an option. With trade routes set up, craftspeople could easily specialize and communities could easily specialize in particular skills and particular resources that they had and trade that for what they needed to survive. And because of that, they could expand because there was now no longer the need to live within a day's walk of food production areas. The invention of the simple wheel totally changed the world at the time. I say all of that to tell you this, church, that we must never underestimate the power of simple things, you and me included, no offense, it's the truth, <laughs> simple things to change the world, simple things like faith, grace, and love. Now, as we close this morning, we've been talking about, about those three things, faith, grace, and love. And they, all these things, they have one thing in common that I want to leave you with <coughs> this morning. They are all found within a relationship with God. This has been another great message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more content and updates, come see us on our Facebook page or jump over to our website. Thanks so much for listening.